Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking Podcast. Today, I'm excited to read and share with you some of my thoughts on another chapter of the Bible. If you haven't yet, please visit my website at livingchristian.org. There you'll find Bible verse lists, Christian blogs, and a whole lot more. Be sure to check out the apparel store and use the exclusive code PODCAST20 to get 20% off your entire order. So whether you're a longtime follower or a brand new listener, I hope you find something valuable in this video. If you do, I appreciate a rating and review right here on the podcast page. It helps me get the word out. All right, let's get going on the new episode. All right, welcome to another uh, episode of the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking Podcast. This is uh, James 2 is what we're going to be uh, reading and discussing today. Uh, so if you want to read along, get your Bibles ready, and we'll be reading James 2. I'll be answering a couple of questions after I finish on James 2, but let's discuss James 2. Uh, this is the brother of Jesus, James is believed to be. He has a, a book of the Bible, and he only has a handful of chapters there. But James 2 really dives in to uh, kind of faith and works and what it means to live out your faith, we'll call it, right? Live out your faith. Um, and we'll, there's some confusion that lies around faith and works, whether you have to do works in order to be saved. Uh, and we're going to dive into that a little bit. So, uh, But before we get there, let's tackle James 2. Uh, and uh, this is your first time listening or watching. Uh, we'll talk about James 2 for about 15 minutes or so, and I'll pivot and answer a few questions. So uh, thank you for joining me today. All right, uh, let's uh, have a sip of coffee, and we'll dive into James 2. A warning against prejudice. Got my old man glasses on for those that are watching this. Uh, it happens. All right, my dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? This is an important, this whole James 2 is important, but listen to this. For example, suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and another comes in who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you, can't, you can stand over there or else you can sit on the floor, well, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives. Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised for those who love him? But you dishonor the poor. Isn't it the rich who oppose you and drag you into the court? Aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? Yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. All right, a lot to unpack here at the first part of uh, James 2. Talking about being prejudiced against people, about how uh, we are all God's children. But why do we treat people differently, whether it's based on their appearance uh, based on their income level, as he's talking about the rich versus the poor. And a lot of that is socioeconomical. A lot of that is cultural back when this was written, but it's the same today as it was then. There are plenty of times that people will say that they are a Christian, but they will walk past a homeless person and not help or not, frankly, love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's the, you know, the old golden rule. Jesus talks about the greatest commandment, loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind. What's the second part? Just as important, loving your neighbor as you love yourself. We're supposed to love one another. We're supposed to take care of one another. 
this is talking about prejudice. This is talking about discrimination, but it's in essence, the root of that is how you treat other people and making sure that you love everybody, regardless of their color, their creed, their income level, their socioeconomical situation, everything. We're supposed to love everybody. We may not like everybody. <laughs> I know that feeling, but we certainly need to love everybody. That's kind of God's command. So you have to be careful. This is going to get, kind of lead into the faith and works thing in, in the second half of the chapter. But what he's what, what James is talking about is you've got to make sure you look beyond the appearance and into that person's heart and love them the way God loves them. All right. Uh, verse 10. For the people who keep all the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. For the same God who said you must not commit adultery also said you must not murder. So if you murder someone, you, but you do not commit adultery, you have still broken the law. Now he's referencing the Ten Commandments, right? Uh, he Certainly the God's law. He's, he's not going back to the Levitical laws. He's not going back to the you know, some of the ceremonial laws that are in the Old Testament, uh, not eating shellfish or not getting tattoos or any of that stuff. But he's specifically talking about God's law, which was the Mosaic laws, the Ten Commandments that were handed down for us. So what James is saying is, hey, first part of it, you got to love everybody. And if you don't love everybody, if you discriminate, if you treat people poorly, you're breaking God's law. And if you break one law, right, you break all the laws. So whether it's not committing adultery not murdering, honoring thy father and mother, any of those Ten Commandments, any of those laws that God has given down. If you break one, you might as well have broken all. And a lot of people have you know, struggle with that. You know, they look at, for example, the Ten Commandments and talk about, well, you know, I, 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 honoring thy father and mother is different than committing murder. Uh, but in God's eyes, uh, you know, when you break one rule, you break them all. And, and uh, as a parent... Uh, and those parents out there may be watching or listening to this, uh, you understand what I, what I mean by that. Certainly there are degrees of failure, degrees of uh, sin, so to speak. Uh, but in God's eyes, he's watching us fail. He's watching us fall and, and falter and not abide by his rules and his laws and what he wants us to be like. Um, so that's what James is talking about. So, uh, verse 12. So this is an important one, too, as we talk about those mosaic laws. So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. I'm going to go back to that in a minute. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful as he judges you. So he's now he's kind of bringing God's judgment in here going, hey, you're going to be judged. And if you bring one law, you're going to break them all. But it's interesting how he talks about judged by the law that sets you free. Now, year, thousands and thousands of years ago, the Jewish people at the time thought, and they still do, that they have to abide by all the Old Testament, all 200-some-odd Old Testament laws in order to earn your way to heaven. right? But Jesus came along, fulfilled the laws, and set us free. So it's interesting, the, the terminology that James uses here about how you'll be judged by the law that set you free. You will be judged by... And then he spins into God judging yeah, in my mind, I'm reading that as he's talking about Jesus Christ. He's talking about the fact that I'm going to be judged by Jesus who set me free. Jesus being God, even though he set us free, right, he still is going to be judging us on how 
we react and how we act while we're here on on this uh, this planet here. All right, let's get into uh, faith without works is is dead, which is always a fun uh, subject. Verse fourteen: What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say that you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Now remember that line. All right, can that kind of faith save anyone? Okay. Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say goodbye and good day. Stay warm and eat well. But you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith isn't enough by itself. I'm sorry, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. All right. Now, someone may argue some people have faith and others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith? Which We're going to talk about that in a minute. How can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Okay. The confusion in this section of, of James talks about a lot of people will argue that, well, what he's saying is I've got to do good deeds in order to be saved. Faith isn't good enough. Right. That's not what James is saying. Right? What he's saying is two, twofold. One is if your faith is strong enough, God is going to change you. Because you've been born again, because now you serve Jesus and you focus and live for Jesus Christ, you're going to be changed, and it's going to change your actions. The faith is going to change your actions. You're going to be doing good deeds because of your faith, if that makes sense. Now, the other part is, how can you show your faith to anyone? How can that kind of faith save anyone? Part of our um, what we're supposed to be doing here as uh, born-again Christians, so to speak, is making disciples out of disciples, right? We're supposed to be spreading the word. We're supposed to be evangelizing. We're supposed to be letting others know about Jesus. How can we do that if we're still acting in our old ways? If, you're, if you've accepted Christ but hasn't changed, and the Holy Spirit hasn't changed the way you act, <coughs> excuse me, changed the way you've acted and changed the way you go forward and treat other people, as you talked about the first half of this book, then what good is it? Because it's not true faith. You're supposed to accept Christ, be baptized, be born again as a new creation with the Holy Spirit guiding you. And with that, you're going to want to do good deeds. You're going to want to go out and share that. And people want you're going to want people to see your faith based on how you act and what you do and the, and the works that you provide. It's not your faith isn't dependent on the works. It's a result of of your faith. Your works is a result of your faith. So keep that in mind. All right. Um, Verse uh, 19. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good works is useless? I like that, um, that line talking about even the demons believe this. Just because you believe in Jesus doesn't mean that you're safe. The devil believes in Jesus. <laughs> You've got to change your life and act a different way. Verse 21, don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. So it happened just as the scripture said, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, 
not by faith alone. Outward appearance, how you act. Abraham is a perfect example. God helped him show his faith by what he did at the altar. He was willing to sacrifice his own son because of his faith. Now, that whole story is a deeper meaning. Sacrificing his son. Sacrificing Isaac. Think about how that correlates to God sacrificing Jesus. The whole the whole book's about Jesus. If you haven't figured that out now yet, read uh, you know read the New Testament and go back and read the Old Testament. The whole thing. There's so many stories correlative uh, between the Old Testament and New Testament, and most of it, if not all of it, points to Christ. So that's a whole another that's a whole another podcast or, or uh, Instagram live we can talk about in terms of the correlative story of Abraham in uh, Jesus. But be that as it may, what he's talking about here is the fact that because. Uh, Abraham's faith was so sound, he showed it by his works. So we need to be shown to be right with God. It's all about how you go about and live. All right, 25. Uh, Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away to a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Now, what James is talking about here, I'm going to reiterate this for like the fifth time. It's not, your faith is not dependent on your works. Your works are an example of your faith. And some of it is the fact that your good works or your actions or what you do or your deeds cultivate your faith. Think about it this way. Let me have a sip of coffee and I'll describe it one more time the way I kind of go about it. You can have faith. You can believe in Christ. You can <clears throat> believe in God and think that you're saved. That's great. You can have a relationship with Jesus. That's wonderful. But what are you doing to work on that relationship with Christ? For those that are married out there, I've been married for 22 years. A marriage works because you work on the marriage. A communication. You got to make sure you're talking to each other every day. You got to make sure you take care of each other, protect each other, you know, hang out with each other, enjoy the same things. You got to work on that relationship. A marriage is work. It's wonderful work, but there is an aspect of work uh, to keep a marriage sound. Just like that, to keep your relationship with Jesus sound, you need to work on it. Now, how do you work on that? Part of it is working on yourself. Part of it is reading your Bible. Part of it is praying. Part of it is surrounding yourself with Christian influences in your life, music, movies, friends, etc. But the other part of that is showing your the world and spreading your faith. Those good deeds. You need to, it should change you inside to where you want to be like Abraham and sacrifice. You want to be like you know Rahab and help other people. You should want to do that. By doing that, you're showing others, and you're being the, the example of Christ here on earth. That's what it's all about. So that's what James 2 is all about. Don't get confused that somehow you, you have to do works in order to be saved. It doesn't even talk about that in James 2. What it's talking about is the, the change in you that you want to go out and do good works, and God commands us to do good works and to show our faith. But it's not depend your salvation is not dependent on it. It's it's it, it's something that because you're saved, you go out and do. That's how I uh that's how I look at it. Cool. All right, that's good. That James 2 is a good one. So now we've done 
uh, on this uh, Instagram and, and uh, podcast one, James one, two, three, and four. Maybe I'll do five at some point uh, so we can wrap up the entire book of James. I've read the book of James a bunch. Um, I've done some reaps on it. Uh, reaps is like read, evaluate. I, I can't remember what A stood for. And then pray uh, to where you kind of go through each thing and write a bunch of stuff at it and study it. Uh, I do. Um, I do love uh, James. It's a great book. It's a great book. So, all right. So uh, this is the part of the podcast slash uh, live that we do some questions, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, so if you haven't, if you're live here on Instagram, make sure you put your question down on the bottom of the screen. And I'll answer a couple of questions. Uh, if you're uh, listening to this later on on the podcast or watching it later on YouTube and you want to be a part of, uh, of this Instagram live on Mondays and Fridays, uh, make sure you join us on my Instagram page and you can just uh, be live on here. Watch and ask your own question. Uh, what's your podcast? It's Bible reading, coffee drinking. Uh, we are on Spotify, Apple, Google, all those places. Go to livingchristian.org uh, in order to find all the links. So that's, there you go. You go to livingchristian.org. There's a podcast page. You can listen to it uh, right there. Uh, or you can just uh, Google Bible reading, coffee drinking. Actually, we have the Bible reading, coffee drinking.com. Uh, that goes to our podcast page as well. Or if you're on YouTube, just um, type in Living Christian or type in Bible reading, coffee drinking on the search bar and you can watch it or listen to it on uh, the YouTubes, on the YouTubes. All right, let's answer a couple of questions here. Uh, other than that one that I just got, and then uh, we'll go about our Friday. So, all right. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, tips for someone, and there's there's a bunch here, so I'll try to get to as many as I can. Um, but uh, I'm happy if you want to put more in here, I'll answer as many as I can with the time. Uh, lots. Tips for someone unsure about their belief in God. That is a uh, that is a the very loaded question. Uh, so my tips for you. If you have a disbelief in God, uh, a couple things, a couple things. One is I'm going to give you some rationale, and two, I'm going to give you some actions. Uh, one would be if you're struggling with the belief in in God, um, I firmly believe part of the the um, the uh, the evidence that we have for God is twofold. One would be I can go outside and enjoy and understand the nature of what's happening and see that the God's handiwork is everywhere. Everything works together, which is interesting to me. Um, I breathe in and breathe out. I breathe in oxygen. I breathe out carbon monoxide or carbon dioxide. Excuse me. The trees breathe in carbon dioxide, breathe out oxygen. Like that can't, and to me, that is evidence of God. Two is um, I see it every day and things in my life and my family. There's too many coincidences that happen that I know I can chalk up to God. Now, saying that, if you're struggling with that and you're not seeing the signs that God has given you, your eyes aren't fully open, how do you open your eyes? How do you, how do you, how do you solidify your faith in God? One is you got to dive into the Bible. I know it's an old thing. I know this book is thousands of years old. I know it's sometimes hard to read and understand, but I promise you, if you get a, a translation that you can read and you understand this book and you read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you understand who Jesus Christ is, and then you go back and read about all these other things in the Old Testament that point towards Christ, it opens your eyes. It opens your eyes. And you start realizing that it, it can't all be coincidence. The Bible is the key. Now, once you get understand that, there are a lot of other things that it can help you with that relationship with God. 
prayer helps a lot. A lot of times you pray and pray and pray and you think, oh, nothing's happening, but it really is. Sometimes it's big things. Sometimes God answers immediately. Sometimes it's small things. God answers you later on, years later. Sometimes he has other thoughts for you. But you got to have faith in those things. So if you're having a, a struggle with believing in God, maybe one, put some work in. Read the Bible, do some prayer, talk to some people, go to church, listen to some podcasts, listen to some good Christian music. Try to work on that a little bit uh, to open your eyes up a little bit. Also, maybe try to figure out if there's something that is uh, pulling you away from God. So a lot of times what I found with people that I've talked to, or even myself, are there if there are times that I doubted God, a lot of times it's because I was starting to believe people and things that were telling me that. Inherently, especially if you think about it as children, we have this childlike faith which Jesus wants us to have. You know, we are almost born believing in God. But the world pulls us away. So look around your life and see, are there people... Are you spending too much time on, on TikTok or social media? Are you watching the things that are pulling you away from God? And maybe that's the core of the issue. Maybe the issue is not that you are struggling with your uh, belief in God, but that you're being influenced by things and people that are pulling you away from God. Maybe the devil's working hard in your life to try to get you to not believe. So think about that for a second. Work on it. Put the work in. I promise you, God will show you uh, that he's real. Uh, tips on how to stay on fire for God when things are doing good in life. When things are good, how do you stay on fire? Well, I try to view God not as a genie that's, you know, giving me wishes, but as somebody that I, that I go through life with. So when things are good, I thank God, right? When things are bad, I ask God. I still thank him. But I'm still talking to him. It didn't really change my relationship with God, whether my life is going well or not. Because in reality, that's going to fluctuate. Ups and downs, good and bad, week to week, day to day, month to month, year to year. I mean, be careful. You get too kind of uh, comfortable in your life and you start thinking that you don't need God or appreciate God. You know, you're going to get pulled away, as I talked about with the first question. All of a sudden, your life's going to go back down to the valley. So praise him in the mountains, <laughs> right? Got to praise him on the mountains. We got to praise him in the valleys as well. Uh, that's how I uh, view that. All right, uh, let's do uh, one or two more questions here. Um, do, 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 do. Faith and actions are like grace and truth. Yeah, I think so. Um. All right, uh, what do you do when only one person in a marriage is making an effort to be better and the other isn't? Ooh, Jenny. All right, this will be my last question. I don't even know how I'm going to answer this one. Uh, I have been married for uh, 22 years coming on, and uh, I may. Uh, and what do you do? The, the question is, what do you do in your marriage if uh, only one person is uh, working on it? Well, it takes two people to work on it in order to have a successful marriage. Period. Right? The, just like kind of your highs and lows that we talked about in the last question, right? Is, uh, you know, there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. Marriage is a, a long marriage, a successful marriage. Isn't all, you know, rainbows and unicorns for crying out loud. Uh, it is work. 
Uh, I like to correlate back to what we were talking about earlier with, uh, you know, working on a, a successful relationship has a lot to do with communication. It is a lot of work. Period. So if your marriage is struggling right now, I would ask yourself first and foremost, are, are you the issue? Are you the one not committed? Or is your spouse the one not committed? The spouse the one struggling? Typically what I found uh, with friends and family and even myself, if there's a if there's a break in your marriage, if there's a there's something that's in between you guys and you're struggling, uh, communication can certainly help that. You gotta work through it. But usually if somebody's pulling away a little bit, there's something going on in their lives that maybe you don't know about. So what are they focused on? What's pulling them away from the marriage? It's kind of like I talked about relation. This is whole this whole episode's about relationships, it seems like. So if you're being pulled away or if your spouse is being pulled away from the marriage, what is it that is distracting them away from, from you and the marriage? There's something going on. The only way you're going to get to the bottom of it is if you talk to them. Silence will kill a marriage. Separation will kill a marriage. You've got to understand that it takes two. You can't outwork your spouse to make it to make things better. You both have to be committed to make things better. Now, my advice as a, as a Christian is that your marriage should have three parts to it, three people in your marriage. Jesus is the bond that holds your marriage together. So if you're struggling with your spouse being pulled away from that marriage, more than likely your glue is coming loose. Jesus is the glue. So how is your relationship with Christ? How is your husband or wife's relationship with Christ? How are y'all working on that together? Are you going to church, right? Together. Are you listening to the same music together? Are you Maybe you're reading the Bible together. I'll say one thing that my wife and I do uh, pretty well, uh, and I got this from um, Pastor uh, Craig Rochelle when I was up at Life Church uh, visiting uh, a few years ago uh, in his sermon. And he talked about, um, you know, uh, praying with his spouse. And I got to know him a little bit. He's a good guy. And his wife is very nice, too. Um, praying together, right? So I brought that home. And, and uh, my wife and I um, like to pray together before we go to sleep. Are we good at it? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes we get off a little bit. The old rule of, you know, pray together every night. And if you miss two, you know, don't miss three. So that's another thing, and it's it's kind of clunky and uncomfortable at the beginning, uh, but you'll get into a habit, I promise you. So I'll be praying for you guys uh, that are struggling with your marriages right now, but uh, what you need to do is see where Jesus is in your marriage and where your prayer life is in your marriage and, and force them, not force them, but ask them to pray with you. Pray for them, but pray together. Uh, that will certainly help. All right? All right. Uh, let's say a quick prayer and go about our uh, our weekend. I can't believe it's Friday already. Dear Heavenly Father, <clears throat> excuse me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us together today on this uh, Instagram Live and in, in this podcast. If somebody's watching it or listening to it afterwards, we're so thankful that uh, you provide a platform for us to get together and uh, read your word together. We're very thankful that you gave us James too. As we struggle sometimes understanding what we need to do and how we need to act and how we need to change once we're born again, once we accept Jesus into our lives. What, what do you expect of us, Lord? 
and you and you basically go through that in James two, and it's uh, we're so grateful for that guidance. So Lord, I'm praying for relationships out there today, Lord. I'm praying that everybody watching or listening to this has a sound relationship with you. And I hope that they, and I pray that they work on that relationship with you. I also pray that their relationships in their lives, their spouses, their friendships, their families, are rooted in Jesus Christ. They're rooted in you, Lord. I pray that you give them guidance and the strength to keep working on their relationships. Don't let them give up, Lord. Don't let them give up. Give them the strength and the courage and the determination to work on what's not working. We trust you with all of our lives and all of our relationships. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, y'all have a wonderful weekend. Uh, we'll get going on Monday again. Uh, we're going to get back to the Monday and Friday cycles of uh, recording these uh, Bible reading and coffee drinking. And uh, if you miss any of them, as I, as I talked about earlier, check them out on YouTube. Check them out on the uh, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Until next time, keep Jesus on your heart, forever on your mind. God bless you guys.